Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your weekly dose of La Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 352. We're going to be talking about the last game of the regular season and how the playoffs are shaping up, starting with Repechaje. And from there, we'll go on to cover some other Liga Mekis rumors and novellas. But before I go any further, just want to let everybody know we're broadcasting live on Twitter Spaces and YouTube chat. So make sure to hop on and speak your mind if you got something on your chest. Tonight we have Joel and Super Elbow in the panel. Let's go. How we doing, gents? I'm doing good, Jaime. 47 days until the World Cup. Oh, it's man. It's creeping up. It's creeping up, man. It is creeping up. You know what I just realized? We're going to have a champion of Liga Mekis before the end of the month. Man, that's going to come up real quick, isn't it, man? Elbow, how you doing? A little tired, man. Did a little moving this weekend, but, uh, you know, getting ready for that World Cup as well, man. I'm getting a little anxious. Hell yeah. Party at Elbow's house at like, oh, what, five in the morning? What time are these games going to be at? Uh, that, uh, whatever, man. Just bring over. If you get drunk, the pool's right there, so you could jump oh, right in to man. sober up, man. See, in a normal World Cup year, this would be great because it's in the summer, but no, the World Cup decided to be a, in the middle of Turkey Day, you know, November. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's a weird World Cup year. It is, man. We'd we'd have been done a while ago already, man. It's it's. I guess it's fine, man. It, it'll be it'll be a new Thanksgiving tradition at least for a year. So, and it's the last one of the thirty-two oh, teams. Oh wow! And then oh, that's it right. Jumps. And then it makes the big jump uh, to so, forty-eight. Yeah, and and it's it's um, huh? what was it since ninety-eight? That it was 32 teams, right? Because 94 was still 24. 24. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the 98 World Cup was my first World Cup, and I've always known it as 32 teams. So it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be weird to see 48 groups of the, groups the, of three. I think they're changing that. I think they decided to go back to regular fourteen format. Oh, okay. But I don't think that pans out though, the, right? Well, I don't know, but I hear they wanted because forty-eight divided by four. Let's see, twelve. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense because then it would be what? Just add more teams. And how many teams they need? You would Two have because <laughs> the whole point of having uh, groups of three is that. There's going to be, you know, two teams from each group to go through. And that way you have 32 in the round of, well, I guess it'd be the round of 32 now. If you do, if you do, uh, <laughs> if you do 48 in groups of four, you're left with 12, which means there'd be 24 teams going to the next round and it just wouldn't play nicely. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. It's, it's like two World Cups. The first one's de los pobres and then the... Then the real World Cup starts. <laughs> the Sunday, the Sunday, Sunday league guys, right on the first one. Yeah, it's for the teams that would normally not make it, but mm. we have countries with literally billions of people, and that's 
India and China. You know, yes, exactly. And that's that's a lot of panini stamps. That's a lot of that's a lot of panini stamps. Merchandise, <laughs> dude. Think about it. Think how much like merchandise doesn't get sold. Some of it, I mean, and then you could also argue because, like, third world, so a lot. They just buy the pirateria stuff. I am actually it's curious. Kind of, like, what I, I need is? I to add that to my list. Is, is <laughs> what's China's national sport? Is it basketball? I think I so, think man. It's slap fighting. <laughs> you said slap fighting. <laughs> you, you, have you guys seen um, what is it? Um, dodgeball. Oh, it's table oh. tennis. And, and, and they're showing uh, ESPN eight the Ocho. Oh, the Ocho. The Ocho. Yeah. And the alternative sport. Yeah. <laughs> they, they show a squirrel like uh, what is it on, on skis? Wow. Oh, that's right. They did do that one. I do, just, yeah. It no, is table the, tennis, huh? The so, one I want, the one I want is where the uh, the guys in India are in a ring and they're slapping at each other, man, in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> so you've I, seen that, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there was like a no. like one of those fights on Thriller. I forgot who was fighting, but you know, like one of those like crazy ass like boxing celebrity matches. And at one point, they they go to like, they go to like a slap contest, and Pete Davidson's the host, and Ric Flair's just there, like coked out of his mind, and they're literally like slapping the shit out of each other, dude. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Where was this at? It was on Thriller. I forgot what like celebrity fight it was, but it was like it was one of those celebrity fights, you know, like a YouTuber fighting like a. You know, All right. Yeah, it was like one of those, but it was crazy, bro. You know, I was telling you, I said it was about um the sponsorships, but but it, it would be more for TV, not not sponsors, because like in some of those places they don't really buy. They're they're not gonna buy the eighty dollar jersey. Uh huh. You know, some some guy making ten cents an hour at a sweatshop. <laughs> but it is yeah, it's not some stuff. But yeah, um, it's the TV ratings. Uh-huh. So now it's like. Yeah, World Cup games are already at like, I think a billion. I forgot they were doing some comparison, but uh-huh. you add you add those countries, man, and it's it's it'll be insane. Uh, it's gonna sound stupid, but has China ever like qualified to the World Cup? Yes, Boramilotinube took them. Um, ninety eight. So you should know that Jaime. No, he took Nigeria ninety eight. Oh, two thousand two. Yes, that's. Well, to South Korea, I think it was, I think it was O two. Oh. Yes, it was. It was. It was O two because uh, uh, Korea, uh, Japan, Korea were already qualified. Oh. Their only appearance, so, two thousand two. Yeah, he's a hero over there, dude. They they don't call him Bora though; they call him Milu. Milu. Fun fun facts. Yeah. Yeah, that was a controversial World Cup, you know, where like. Turkey and was it Turkey and Korea? They went pretty far. Yeah, it was like also like Senegal, right? Senegal like had a pretty deep run or something. They, didn't they beat France like in the opening, like in their first match? I think they yeah, beat so Senegal, Senegal was a big deal for beating France in the opening round. I yeah, think. and then and then 
And then Korea pulled, pulled some shady stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and how'd you do? Yeah, a lot of those Senegalese, then they kind of got taken to some big clubs, and I think the majority of them just didn't pan out. Wow. Senegal went all the way to the quarters, lost to Turkey. And Korea went all the way to the semis. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think, like, you know, Qatar will be like that? Like a huge surprise like no. that? <laughs> no. It, it's probably going to be the same old cast of characters and stuff. Really? Uh, I mean, I don't see anybody else. Because, uh... like, I feel like Asia will, I mean, it's the Middle East technically, but, like, obviously the first time it was in, in Asia, like, it was, like, a lot of news, new, you know, a lot of firsts. <laughs> And I feel like the same thing in South Africa, right? South Africa. Unless the Qataris uh, drop some good coin to make sure some of their 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 team goes a long way, I can't see it happening. Like for example, like like, two thousand two, like first time in in Asia, and then like Korea gets the semis in South Africa in in twenty ten. You had Spain becoming the first you know first time champions. Yeah, but but South Africa was. First, first host to not get past now, the first. Yeah, round. Well, that's a, that's another. I'm not saying for the good or for the bad, but I'm just saying with Qatar, there might be like a first of something. Maybe, maybe the first well, time Mexico well, makes okay. semis. <laughs> it could be. I, I've had them. I think they're. I think they're in the verge of either not getting out of the group stage. Uh huh. Or make or making or just it going hella far. far. Yeah, it's like one or the I, other. I dude. think they've been unlucky in in some of the instances. Yeah, and that that sometimes plays a role too. Um, you know, the ball just bounces your way, uh, or or it doesn't. But I, I think like with with Turkey and South Korea, they, I, like Turkey's had a pretty um, they've had pretty competitive league. They've had like a lot of their players in in the different European teams, and I think around that time they had like kind of like their golden generation. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like helped. Yeah. Uh, Korea's they've done their thing. Yeah, we'll see what happens to Qatar in the World Cup. Obviously, like no one has them getting out of the group stage. They have Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. I mean, but who knows, man? Maybe the oil money will be too strong. That's that's what I'm thinking, man. That something like that might happen, or the big surprise is going to be. First team that beats Qatar gets arrested by the government, man. <laughs> yeah, they're going to disqualify Ecuador because they have a player that's <laughs> Colombian, right? That's that's what's going on. What, what happened with that? Did, did FIFA ever... I don't think they made a decision yet. <laughs> they think we'll make it after the World Cup. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know why they're fighting for it because if, if that was the case, it would probably be Peru because they're the ones that finished... Second highest after uh, Ecuador. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, we did have the last regular match week of Liga Mekis Apertura, and there were some pretty good results. Obviously, America having a, a great time right now. They got their win over Puebla, and. Juarez got like a victory out of nowhere against Pumas, and with that defeat, Ligini has been has been canned from Pumas. Seems so kind of messed season, up. Their season's over. Well, if their season's over, not you know, not really. But if, 
they felt like okay we need a new a new direction or maybe he lost the locker room mm. yeah i mean i'm not sure at this point though i mean pumas have have been doing pretty bad for quite some time now i wish cheekies was here to give us a little bit more insight well, they, they reached two finals, right? They reached the league final, and then they reached the Conca champion final. So that, that's not that bad for a team that's been just using pocket change that falls in the sofa for transfer money and <laughs> just randomly picking coaches from from the Cantera. That's where they found Liviani. Yeah. He was he was with the under he was with the youth teams. He was like you, <laughs> we need someone you. He threw him in there. Um, he was qualified, though. He was, um, as far as his work credentials. I don't know, man. I'm looking at his wiki, and it's just question mark to 1999 Newell Old Boys. No, but see where he had been working. Um, San Luis de Quillota, Gimnasia y Grisma de Jui Jui. What the hell is that? Jujuy. Jujuy. <laughs> They're in the they're like in the second or third division, bro. He was in Ukraine too. Um oh was he? And then Boca Juniors, he was in a couple of teams. He he's been around. He's been around the block. You just impressed Jaime with the Ukraine. I don't know, man. I can't find anything on this cat. He's like not his coach. He was he would work like oh. like youth coach and whatnot. And but I mean, youth coach, you're still coaching. I mean, look at Canada's oh, coach, right? Okay, okay. Boca Juniors right? academy manager. There you go. Because uh, I mean, like look. CSK Moscow academy manager. Ah, uh, Moscow. Yeah, I was close. You're close, close enough. <laughs> close enough. Uh, <laughs> Tomato, tomato. <laughs> tell that to tell that to uh, Ukraine right now. <laughs> tell that to NATO. Um, no, but like, like we're still having working and staying, like staying active. So uh-huh. we have, for example, the Canada's coach, right? Uh, took yep. him to the World Cup, and that dude started off New Zealand women's team. Oh, that's right. And then he went to the Canadian women's team. Mm-hmm. So he never really coached men's team. But then look what he did. Um, and I'm just saying because we have all these misconceptions, right? You have to like, but you have to do like this laundry list of things before you could, you could take over. Um, so if you know your shit, dude, sometimes you just need a, a chance, you know? So yeah. then Juwan, Juwan could be the next uh, national team coach for Mexico, right? Yeah, he knows he knows his coaching, and he he could. Uh... Yeah, he can go to Mexico, win everything. Go to England, win everything. <laughs> then go back to Mexico and win the World Cup. <laughs> then we're, we're going to see pictures of him shirtless all over the place. <laughs> put, him some, put him some oh, suntan on his man. nipples. <laughs> you know this guy. He he just lacked patience. Leaño, you know. Because he had been, I think he coached Necaxa, and he obviously had the connections. But I think he was just, like, hungry for that. And it's funny because it's kind of like wolves because you had these people working at Chivas that 
they were just trying to take over the the club. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys remember, Palencia was was uh, like a GM at one point. For Pumas, no? And he's like, no, no, at Chivas. What? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. When was, he, he, I mean, when was he this? Coached remember, he coached at Pumas, yeah. Our, our GM with, with paint and nails, come on. I don't, wait, really? He, he even had to... He even had to come to the U.S. because there was a controversy about they were trying to make this like racism claim for Chivas USA, and he came and he gave some interview, and he kind of fumbled it. But yeah, he was he was like the wait the, I don't the remember this. position. <laughs> what what yeah, was it? Was it before? It, I'm trying to remember the time frame. But before before Almeida was there, right? Way before, before uh, yeah. Torres? Yeah, it was like, damn, we're going far back. I can't remember the years, but who was he the, was there. Who's the guy for Toluca and then he became our our general manager? Lebrija. Lebrija. No, was, it, was it after that or no, before that? After. Oh. Well, Lebrija was funny. He was just like, no, wait, don't, <laughs> don't, don't trust me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm iffy with the dates. Plus, I might, nope. I might have spiked my coffee. Le- Wait, Le- before Valencia. Wait, before, with Chicharo, right? Yeah. So maybe around 2014, around 2013, 2014. Oh, um, 2013. All right, there you go. And he was GM, and then they brought in, um, wow, what's the dude's name? Puente. Right? They brought Rafa Puente in kind of the same position. He's a dude. Just chaos. Just mixing Skittles and M&M's in the same Dude, way. I forgot about Rafa Puente for a moment. <laughs> oh, my he threw God. Him in there. And it's crazy because they both wanted to be coach. It's like he like he had two chicks there fighting, dude. Who's, who's going to be the side? Uh, so Vergara is trippy. And, and and I know one of the, the rumors at the time was that they didn't get along because they both were linked to different promoters. So when it came time to... Okay, we're gonna build a squad. Of course, Valencia is gonna pull from his people, and then Puente has his people, and that that was causing some problems. But <clears throat> Valencia ended up quitting, and but he he would make he made it known he wanted to coach. The other guy wanted to coach too, and they both ended up coaching. And then we have Leano, same same funny business comes in as like a youth director, you know, the 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 guy in charge of the youth divisions. And he ends up taking over the team. That's, that's too much Chivas, man. <laughs> yeah. There's... Let's go back. Let's go back to Puma. So, so is uh, Tuca coming back or what, man? I, I if I'm him, I wouldn't, dude. I, you know, he's he's a good coach, but then I think he got used to already. Is he a free agent right or, now? He's a free agent. Yeah. Uh that dude's enjoying his retirement, man. He's made plenty of money, and isn't his wife like twenty nine or something like that? I would, I so would love matter, man. Really? He's passionate as Tom Brady about it. Yeah, he that's true. Put his marriage over. He is, but, but you know what? Marriage. He has such a good like, uh, just so many accomplishments, and like why tarnish it? You know, it's like like Cesar Chavez when he had to hang the gloves, and he he kept fighting, and then he just looked worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't think he's sweating over money anymore at this point of his life. I would love to have him on TV, though. He would be entertaining to to listen to. Yeah, well, I'm not saying yeah, he shouldn't he coach. I'm just saying not, not, just not Puma. Uh, the way they are right now, it's just... You didn't see uh, Lilini was doing Champions League commentary today on TNT? Was he and really? He got fired, and he picked up another job real quick. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, was he talking in English? No, the Spanish TNT. Mexico. Oh, okay, okay. There's, there's, I think there's rumors that Atlas might pick him up. Uh, Atlas or after the uh, German guy that picks his nose? What's his name? Joachim Lowe. Yeah. Not my miss. Okay. They're not getting well, they him. Could. Hey, we've had he, Ben Hacker. We've had... He, he, he wants to coach PSG, before. man. He wants to coach PSG. <laughs> Atlas should just uh, say uh, the Puebla coach. Oh, uh, um, or whatever. You, are you? For him. Look, are yeah. you saying? Are you saying he's gonna be free after Chivas eliminates Puebla in repechaje? <laughs> yeah. All right, this is from a, the most credible website I've ever heard of called El Fufudero dot US. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. Joaquim Lowe is surprisingly <laughs> arriving in Mexico to become the coach of Atlas. Seems legit. Damn. Hector Garcia, I, I, I don't know who you are, bro, but you're smoking that good, good, bro. I, I, I think he just uses Google Translate. He just doesn't even edit it, just throws it in. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes the clubs do that just to link their name. It's kind of like some Insta fame. Oh, like if yeah. you take a picture with a celebrity and then you hashtag... And that that happens a lot of times. It's you remember just, that just rumor too... where like Chivas USA is gonna get Zidane? Remember that one? I don't remember that one to be honest. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know who I don't know who would believe that though. That like Galaxy seemed more credible, but not yeah. Chivas USA was like like they stopped putting money after like year two. They stopped throwing. I don't think they were even threw money at the team. Nah, they just started to get all the Chivas uh, veterans. They're like, all right, you have to play for us now. Well, the scrubs and then just whatever (laughs) injured injured player was there. Just go. Yeah. So Pumas going to be shaking things up. New coach Tigres 3-0 over San Luis. Tigres end the season in fifth place. So they will have to be forced to qualify for the so, so who were the top four, Jaime? So you have America in first place, 38 points. Monterrey with 35. Santos with 33. And Pachuca with 32. From there, it's Tigres, Toluca, Cruz Azul, Puebla, Chivas, León, Juárez, and Necaxa. So... These are going to be the, the teams. Yeah, Necaxa made it in. Yeah, man. And Juarez. I think that those two are pretty pretty shocking. No, not Juarez. Because, come on, we've been talking about how the how the, um, how their president was at Tigres. You know, he and he's the guy that brought in Tuca. And they were just rebuilding. So he has some connections. They brought in a couple of veteran players. A couple players that that could have ended up at Chivas. Yeah. 
um, who else we have? Atlas got their victory, but they will not be able to defend their bicampeonato. The, the bicampeonitis kicked in. Hey, man. Two titles after what? How many year drought? 70. Like yeah. 70 dude. They're good. I don't, they I don't agree with getting rid of the coach, though. Year old. <laughs> huh? They, they still found, like, some dude, like, old enough that was like, you were, you were, like, whatever old way, not oh, last really? one. Oh, really? Remember? <laughs> yeah. That's some old dude. He was really old, man. He looked like the crib keeper. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> he opened the coffee and he comes out. Been waiting. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, what was that? That, but you know what? Like Grupo Legi, they they've been known for doing that. What's that? Uh, coach could win, and they they still, you know, they still you know send them out the front door. Didn't uh, they do they, that in Santos? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's what I'm going off uh, with. Uh, what's his face? The goalkeeper that took him to the campeonato. Um, I always forget his name, dude. I, I always forget his name. He was a goalkeeper. Sabo. So, uh, what the hell was his name? Robert Dante Siboldi? I don't. Yeah, Siboldi. What's there you go. The guy, he, for some weird reason, goes to Veracruz. Where they like starving, dude. He was like on some like mission to save him. I don't know why he took that job. But the players had with like what three, four months without getting wages. So I don't, I don't know. It kind of seemed like career suicide. But yeah, it's that guy. He took him. He, they won in really good fashion too, man. Just the way they won. Um. And yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like after what David uh, Diego Coca did, I mean, who's gonna come in and, and change the change? You know, I think it's I don't know. It's just weird to get oh, rid of your coach Mijaime. after that. No, Mihaime, you're not you're not paying attention. It's the directiva doing a lot of the stuff. They don't they don't rely on the coach. The directiva has already everything planned out. They got refuerzos. They have what youth is coming in. Who are they selling? They have a even have analysts up in there, man. How to take corner kicks and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Atlas's future, but uh, we'll have a new champion this season. And it won't be Atlas, Querétaro, Pumas, Tijuana, Mazatlán, or San Luis. The only teams that fail to get to repechaje. Querétaro's in some deep shit. They're going to have to pay a fine. And, uh, I mean, if they do decide to bring back uh, you know, relegation next season, next year rather, they would probably be the first ones to get kicked out of the league. And I think at this point, they deserve to get kicked out for their, you know, for number one, what they did with the fans and the 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 terrible violence that they had against Atlas. I think for that reason alone, they should get relegated and give the opportunity to like some other teams from the second division. I think that stuff was like. Like they, they've said, like, affiliated to the cartels. Um, so then you're going into some sketchy territory where it's like they're not going to want to speak out against it for fear of, 
you know, things happening. Uh, because I, I I think what was it? Some of the Atlas Barra, I think, was kind of like affiliated or something like that. I'm not sure. A lot of this was far back. Like well, you could find stories of of this stuff. So when I was uh when I was in Guadalajara this summer, um again the taxi guy home, he you know he took us from the Chivas Stadium all the way back to the downtown, and he was talking about how uh, the Querétaro fans were basically they had been planning this for a while now because I guess. When Querétaro went to El Estadio Jalisco, like the Atlas fans bounced them, bro. Like they, they, I guess it wasn't talked about too much, but like, yeah, the Atlas fans basically even, they basically did what Querétaro did to them. So like all the Querétaro fans were just waiting, biding their time, waiting for the opportunity to strike. So like there was previous beef between these two, you know, Barra Brava. So uh, a little bit more of uh, context. Cause it wasn't just like oh it, it, there was a hit bro like this was this was uh, premeditated. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, Chivas. They had a match against Cruz Azul, and of course, everyone's. Uh, Favorite player, Uriel Antuna, scored against Chivas and celebrated it. Just adding a little bit more salt to the open moon as to why he left in the first place. And uh, Chivas tied it up in the second half. Sergio Flores. And it looked like it was going to go to a draw, but at the very last minute, almost like a reverse Cruz Azulada, Cruz Azul gets the victory. And uh, they, they win the match 2-1. And just like a very shitty way to end the regular season for, for Chivas. Uh, with that defeat, they stay in ninth position. And they will be playing Puebla in the repechaje. <clears throat> Elbow, did you uh, get a chance to watch that match? I actually caught the tail end of the match. Uh, uh, you know, we were busy moving and stuff, but uh, caught the tail end of the match. And man, that 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 uh that sunk me, man. In particular, because I thought it was a game that they could win. Uh, when I when I found, if you were to ask my wife, man, she don't know what the hell this means. But but when I, I heard Antuna scored that goal, I yelled out, "Pinche de Anton!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Antuna, man, he really likes to be the villain here. You know, has no remorse. You know, some players they when they score against their former club, they they pay some respect. <laughs> But it was not the case with Antuna. And, you know, on his way out to Chivas, he, he did talk a lot of shit. So I feel like he, he really enjoyed that goal a little too much. My criticism is not with him, but it, it goes back to uh, the guy in charge right now. Pela is making all the transfer moves and all that. We should not be trading player for player. This is a team that should have both Antuna and Piojo. And obviously it's easier said than done. Like, oh, you know. We should have kept Antuna. Piojo hasn't really lived up to the hype. But I don't know, man. I just feel like we should. We, it shouldn't be like, let's have this player or that player. It should be, we should be able to have both and keep both of them at the club. And then another, another, another thing, too, is like our players do better when they're not at Chivas, which is kind of infuriating. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Jaime, but as a Elias apologist, we, we don't know if he made that trade. It, it could have been the año. 
Talen Yuneta was was reckless, man. He was doing donuts. We, we don't know. We don't know who was doing, that. He was doing donuts. <laughs> but also, they've been doing like trades like for years now. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the club philosophy at this point. Well, yeah, because teams won't. They don't want to just. They kind of have chivas by the nuts. They know that they don't have much options, so they're like giving them like pretty bad deals. Um, but I, I think Pelias, he brought Antuna and he was under a lot of criticism, but and I kept telling these guys, this guy's going to the World Cup. Chivas hasn't really had, you know, active players that are still with the team, like at the World Cup, like at the World Cup, like at the national team. Uh, there are players that were at Chivas, but not, not current. And I thought that's one of the things the team needs, like have more of that presence. And uh, I don't think he would have, he would have made, I don't think that was his move. I don't have any proof. Just trust me, bro. So you're saying but that he could have been like a locker room problem or? No, I, I think probably Leino just was doing his own thing and mm-hmm. he had that much juice. I mean, he... I don't know, man. This seems like a very polite move because he's the same He's the same guy that punished Chofis, Alexis Peña, uh, the guy that molested that girl. Like basically, he, he you know he he separated players from the team because he was very serious yeah. about the team discipline. And there was a there was an instance with uh, Antuna and Chico, uh, yeah Chicote. They got in trouble for during the pan. It was like the height of pandemic. Like they had a a banda and they had like a party and you know they basically got in trouble for for doing for like showing it on social media, but. I have a feeling that, you know, Antuna was just like a party animal and like Belas at the first opportunity because he still had connections at Cruz Azul said, hey, well, you know, what can what can we get for this guy? And they're like, well, we'll give you Piojo. Pero, I can believe that. I mean, he took Vega in La Peda. He also took uh, Chicote in La Peda. So he was in a distraction. But también la otra cosa is we have to remember that at that time, there was issues with Antuna performing really well at Selección, but sucking at Chivas. And at that point, Piojo was, like, flying yeah. at Cruz Azul. So it seemed like a good deal, shit. As a Cruz Azul fan, I was upset when it happened. I was like, I was like, le estamos dando los mejores. And we're getting Antuna, who doesn't perform well in league. Well, here we are. Hey, Abdias, thank you for hopping on. Welcome to the show. Um... Yeah, that's some that's some good that's a good point. I mean, would you say that Antuna's performing well or that Piojo's performing bad? I just feel like they're both on an average level. Yeah, I have to look at Antuna's numbers this season, but I know for a fact that they're probably better than Piojo's as far as goals. They are, and then also on the assist, he was doing. He has been doing quite a bit of work on. The oh, that's right, that's right. So you, as a Cruz Azul fan, how, how do you guys feel about your chances in repechaje? Oof, oof! You're asking hard questions, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm Cruz Azul through and through, so I I know what it looks like. I've seen this movie before, you know. So I oh. believe, but I, I don't hope for much. You know, I think we can we can make it to like quartos, but I don't think we're making it much further than that. Yeah, so f- let me let me see what the repechaje looks like. It looks like Tigres, Necaxa, 
Cruz Azul, uh, León. Cruz Azul León. Uh, Toluca Juárez and Puebla Chivas. Okay. I think in most of these matches, yeah. the advantage is going to go to the home team. Yeah, and Cruz Azul is playing at home. They punched it, so that was that was a big thing, right? Because I don't know, it, it's different from being away versus being at home. Um, pero the Cruz Azul fan base isn't the easiest one. You, you know, do the cata, you know, they do the uh, vaca as soon as they step on the field. So, you know, it can go either way. Yeah, you're right. So it looks like Antuna and and Piojo Alvarado both ended the season with two goals. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> What's the assist count? Uh, I'm trying to find that right now, but I thought I saw I thought I saw that uh, Antuna had four and Piojo five, or maybe I have it the other way around. Oh, uh, okay. So very similar numbers. Oh, this is. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the, the for the full year now, right? The, oh, for the full year. I was just yeah, looking at yeah. this season, but yeah, you might be right. Yeah, this season, this tournament, they both have uh, two goals. Yeah. But uh, Antuna has three assists, while Piojo has zero. Hmm. But yeah. like I said, I mean, exactly. three assists, no assists. I just feel like they've both been average. I don't think Antuna has been as amazing as people make it out to be in Cruz Azul. He's been doing a lot of stepovers and cutting in, but he's also missed some terrible chances. Yeah. I will say, though, I think one will make the World Cup roster and the other one won't. Which which in there, in there I think uh, Martino's had more a little more confidence in Antuna, no? Or Absolutely. at least bringing him in. I don't as know, as, man. As he's, he's played uh, Alvarado in that false nine, like in unfortunate friendly games. Uh, and he even said in a press conference that he feels comfortable using him in that game. If Interesting. Need, in that position, if need be. Oh, wow. Maybe I'm thinking early on in Tata's uh, tenure. He was using... Cause I, think, was it him that was using? Antu- I just Antuna? remember like Antuna had a really good was it Gold Cup with with Mexico? Yeah, yeah, and like I think since then he's been like on Tata's radar for for a while. He's always been getting called up. So yeah, with Piojo, it's been kind of hit or miss. But he might he might sneak into a start uh, not a starting spot, but into the final roster. We'll see. Yeah, I mean that first. Um... Oh no, never mind. I was thinking about another game, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think he could sneak into that twenty-six roster. Yeah, with Tata, anything is possible. So. Yeah, Tata seems to have faith in him continuously. Like you said, he keeps getting called up, and he does have, he doesn't have stellar performance. He has moments, and I think that's one of the problems of a three is that they're not stellar performance. They're just these small little pockets and moments where they perform really well. And that's where Antuna has really been able to shine. Mm. Yeah. Well, and the roster is 26 players, so that also, you know, is might be in favor of, of him. It's if he's one of the people that Tata trusts a lot, right? So. Yeah, there was something that uh, Tata said at the press conference that rubbed me the wrong way um, after the game, after the loss against Colombia. He was, you know, he was pr- he was praising Alexis uh, Vega. He's like, he's been part of the process. You know, he was the starter against El Salvador when we still needed a clinch uh, World Cup spot. 
and uh you know well he was just basically giving him praise like uh yeah you know if i take him to the world he kept saying like if i take him to the world cup as if like he's still considering it but maybe he was just trolling a little bit As far as these uh, Repechake matchups, so they're not going to happen midweek. They're actually going to happen on the weekend, probably for TV ratings. But the first one, Tigres Necaxa, do we even have to predict? Like, what do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, Tigres should take that one. I think out of all of them, this is like the most. Yeah, that's a smart money is Tigres. Yeah, Piopo will have them ready. I think this he is won't a, be. Yeah, this is the he biggest. He won't have any berrinches till later in the in the tournament. This is the biggest Whoa. mismatch out of all of them, in my opinion. Tigres has like eleven points over uh, Necaxa, and uh, Necaxa hasn't won a single <laughs> match out of the last five. But uh, Piojo was already making excuses for this game because he said that uh, the fact that twelfth place can like become champ. That's an embarrassment and whatnot, but he's never had an issue with that until now, because you know he's he's making that excuse <laughs> if he gets knocked out by a team that, in his eyes, shouldn't be in these rounds. Well, it so, wouldn't be the first time or the last time for everything. Yeah. So, if Nakaxa were to beat Tigres, you already know what he's gonna be talking about that they shouldn't even have been there. <laughs> it's just true. Have the iPad ready. Oh God. It happened. It happened Dude, that to. That was the uh, best thing ever when he busted out the iPad. I was like, "Yes, I've been waiting years for this to happen." <laughs> Wait, what was the what was the incident again? I forgot. I think it was against Nakaxa too, right? I think so. Yeah, there was like some play that or goal that he did not agree with, or was ruled out. So he pulled out the laptop afterwards and showed the video and wanted an explanation. Oh, I see. Yeah, I just know that the twelfth position has has trounced the the fifth position countless of times. I think the one that comes to mind for me was Rayados getting bounced by Puebla. That was a pretty pretty shocking upset. I don't. Oh, let... go ahead. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, yeah, it was against Tigres Nakaxa, where Nakaxa beat him two zero. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that there was an incident with America as well. Um, Pachuca beating them based on the away goal rule, which is not there anymore. Hmm. So if I'm not mistaken, if these games go to a draw, I think it's just a straight penalty shootout, right? I believe so. Yeah. It is, yeah. And then I believe after reclassification, it will be... Like when when there's uh, eight teams left, it's gonna be um, the 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 tie will go to the team that ended at the highest seed during regular season. Yeah, thanks to America for complaining. <laughs> so Abdias, you're saying the Cruz Azul Leo not so not so not so guaranteed. You feel shaky? Oh yeah, no, not so guaranteed. I mean, Leon. They have they have a way of always coming together at the last moments. They always gain momentum. They get into Liga and inform, mm. you know. So 
it's scary. You know, our Funes Mori, who was supposed to be our solution, has spent more <laughs> minutes injured than actually playing. So, you know, que nos queda? Yeah, I but saw that. As my dad always said, hope is the last thing to die. So, mm. azul. Well, I mean, you don't have to look too far. Uh, last week, uh, you guys beat them 2-1. Yep. Yeah, it depends what Leon comes out. I mean, Leon is one of those teams that generates can generate so many chances in the game, and then the next one like nothing. Uh, but I mean, they have a high offense, twenty five goals. Uh, the good thing for Cruz Azul is, I mean, they haven't lost since that America game. It seems like Potro Gutierrez has managed to get everyone on the same page and uh, unified and like getting those results. Pretty good. Yeah, Potro's been able to come in, put out some fires. Um, the team's looking a lot better defensively. It's just goal scoring, right? Like, where's our nine? We got rid of, you know, Chapito. What are we going to do now? That position hasn't really been filled. We haven't really found a clear goal scorer. And that's the thing. Like, Leon is attack, attack, attack constantly. They don't give up. So, a cierto punto, how much can they hold? Hey, pues, Cata loses it, he doesn't jump, Baca will probably get mad and like do a stupid slide, and then here we are with 10 <laughs> on the pitch. I think it's time to stop thinking about Cruz Azul the, the same way people used to. They just won the title a year ago, and yeah, certainly they, you know, they didn't win after that, but yeah, oh. Cruz Azul's a little different. I think, I think Potro's probably got them in the right place okay. to at least get past this round. Abdias, can you give really me a little? So, man. Can you? Can you? Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I was like, I really hope so. I really hope that is the direction that they're going. It's just one of the problems is, and they all when you watch like Televisa or anything like that, Los Fantasmas del Cruz Azul, they're there, and they just I don't know how it is, and they happen to break down, and I don't I don't even have excuses for it. You know, it just happens. What's been going on in the goalkeeping position? Like, you know, Jurado was supposed to be this promising player, but has he lost his place to Chuy Corona? Is he still the, the main guy over there? Oh, yeah. So there was like, there was a whole bunch of like cheesement going on that the only reason why Jurado was playing was because um, El Director Tecnico had given the direct order for Chuy not to play. Oh, interesting. And that's why he wasn't getting minutes. When that's why there was a lot of comments from Chuy Corona when he got when um, I can't remember the name, but he just recently got called up to uh, Selección, and um, there was a lot of comments about how ahora en la Noria se, se trabaja muy tranquilo, verdad? Like now that he's out, everything's better. There's been a lot of movement on that front, but Jurado as of right now. Uh, the I think the word is he got traded. Well, not traded down, but he got moved down to the Fuerzas Básicas, mm. and he will be get, being let go as soon as the market opens. Wow! And that is yeah. what you get for no, snubbing Chivas. Star. <laughs> I mean, that's what you get for getting rid of Copa MX. Like he would have been great in Cop in La Copa. You know, just like Alison did it with that year that we wanted. Like he would have been a great goalie for Copa. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, what's going on with uh, Charlie? Charlie Rodriguez. Ooh, I don't. I don't even know, man. I. I to be honest, I don't know what's going on with Charlie. It just seems like he's turned off. Um, it'll. I. I legitimately don't know. There, there's been a couple seasons that not seasons, but games that I missed this season. Y no más, no, no, está, no está pegando. He's not that good. That's what's going on. <laughs> it was overhyped. Oh, man. But uh, another thing I noticed here, I don't know if I had said it in this space before or like the Chivas del Norte Discord, but uh, I was hating on Baca saying how he's like terrible. And I uploaded videos of just how terrible he was. I don't even know how he's pro. But ever since that America game where he got that red card, He's only played like 40 minutes, and uh, Cruz Azul has been great. So literally, they took him out, and he's been uh, they've been great without him. So as long as Baca doesn't play, I, I think Cruz Azul has a serious chance because they're literally playing one man down in the midfield with him. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like, that's why the fan base is so at an uproar with Baca and Catalonias. It's like, those two is like we're constantly a man down, right? Catalonias, when you're in the box, he doesn't jump. If you look at his percentages for the amount of players who lose marks inside of the box, he's one of the leaders. And then you have Baca, right, who's the same deal. He's one of the leads and getting reds because he does stupid challenges like that. Uh, a couple of years ago when we had um, was it Escobar, I want to say. Uh, Pablo Escobar. That was another one. I was like, puta madre, yeah. He just, every game, red card, red card, red card. But at that point, Cachina had us running where as soon as we lost the man, we were magically performing better. Right? That Cruz Azul was a defensive team and then once they lost someone, they were running. And guess who they always lost? It was Escobar. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm indifferent when it comes to this matchup. Um, you know, hope Chris Azul wins. Leon, eh, eh. I mean, they have they they're just so unpredictable at times. They can be good. They can be bad. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens on Saturday. As far as Sunday goes, Toluca and Juarez, Nacho Ambriz. Uh, I got to go with my gut here. I think Toluca is going to handle Juarez pretty easily. I'm a fan of Nacho I Ambriz, so I have that expectation that, uh, that he does go through. I think he's a good coach and he'll have that team prepared. I don't know if it'll be as easy as you, as you, as you think, but... Uh, it also won't be super difficult either. Yeah, in regular season yeah, play, on fire. In, yeah, in regular season play this season, uh, looks like Juarez and Toluca tied one one, but that was that was way back in July. So obviously teams are at different form now. Um, but yeah, I think I think Toluca made some interesting signings this this season, and with Nacho. You know, being back in Mexico, I think that they have they have the tools to win on Sunday, and uh, we'll see if they can bring Toluca back 
Back to glory, man. I remember Toluca in the 2000s, early, like late 90s, early 2000s. They were just a nightmare. Like once you had Toluca uh, in, in the playoffs, like you knew you, you lost, especially if you're a Chivas fan. And the As a Cruz Azul fan, that feeling is the same. Yeah. Like, Toluca used to be a powerhouse, and to this day, I still remember every single time a Cruz Azul-Toluca game, that's a must-watch game. Yeah, that was a really good... Those, those matches were always very entertaining. And probably the biggest toss-up, honestly, out of all four matches, Puebla-Chivas. This could go either way. Larcamón is no stranger to getting some pretty good victories um and against chivas if i'm not mistaken i think puebla has eliminated us in repechaque in the past so the way chivas have been playing obviously erratic and we all know the problems within the team internally externally the fans whatever uh i i think sunday's match at this point i have no expectations i would not be surprised if if, if puebla pull through uh, they will be hosting. Yeah, going on that cold streak just is not very inspiring for Chivas. I, you know, I'm going to sit back and do the best I can to enjoy the game because uh, it, it was a disappointing way to, to close out uh, a regular season. And um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if Dick Chain can get them, you know, back up and running, you know, like they were for that little stretch of time where they, they got into playoff position. It just seemed they, I don't know, man. They see, they seem a little sluggish to me, man. Yeah, they seem sluggish, but they have everything in their favor. I mean, they are five losses in a row, but the last one they had was against Puebla and they looked well. Uh, they're going to have the fan base in their favor. Quartemo uh, stadiums and be majority Chivas. They're gonna have the ref under favor with Satander. Oh shit! I mean, like, like it's calling. It's like literally like lining up for Chivas to win. They would literally have a screw up big time to not get that win. Wow, I love the confidence, man. But I think you're under underestimating the Puebla fan base. I feel like they're pretty loyal, no? Yeah, they're loyal, but. They're not plentiful. That's what that's what that's what he's getting at. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if our misery will be extended another week. <laughs> uh, I'm not that discouraged, man. If they get if they get through, I'm gonna get excited again, man. But <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like after the America loss, like they chopped their balls off, bro. And then they went and had a friendly in, At- in Atlanta and chopped their balls off again. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be interesting because, like, why does the Nakaxa should lose? Let's say uh, Cruz Azul beats Leon and Chivas wins. That right next game is going to be America Chivas. Oh, wow. Well, in that case, uh, they will pull through. Uh, there's no way the TV uh, stations are going to miss the opportunity for. Uh, a Super Clasico Liguilla match. Yeah, and honestly, I'd rather play America than a Leon winning and then us having to play Monterrey. I just don't like playing Monterrey for some reason. Yeah, although Monterrey has a tendency to sort of like 
flop in Ligia, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Gentlemen, I must jump off right now, but uh, keep up the good work here, and uh, I'll listen in, I'll listen in later on to, to catch the rest of the show. All right, Elbow. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate your time and your input. Oh, I was probably on baby duty right now. Uh, as far as no, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Ah, I'm just gonna back. say something. No, I've been listening. Um, the the whole thing about Chivas, or it seems like like they're doing bad. And I said, like in the last podcast, uh, as fans, our expectations have been, you know, because of the team and the history and whatnot. And we we always like feel a team should be finishing top four, which is something they rarely do. And so if we see the last. Going back to Guardianes 2020, so the last two years basically, so four, which is actually the last five tournaments. So Guardianes 2020, they finished in seventh, 26 points. Um, so fourth place was Cruz Azul with 29. So that's the three-point difference. The other thing I said is usually they've been about two games from doing better so you know at, at if they had won two more games then yeah they would have they could have taken um maybe third no yeah they would have been tight in third um so then what are the honest 21 they did 23 points just three point difference from the previous season and fourth place was 28 so that's again six points that would have put them at 29 um and then there's the Grita Mexico tournament 2021. Um, they were at 22 points. I think this was this the one with Leaño. Uh, but even then, fourth place was eight points. So again, that's two games, six points, uh, and they're tied. They're tied for fourth. Uh, and then Grita por la Paz, they finished six at 26 points. Uh, third place was Atlas with 27. So, I mean, it's it's pretty much, it's crazy to think about it. two games. It's a two-game difference right there of, of like, how you're going to be judged on your season. It's it's two games. You have those those two wins, and it's like all of a sudden, it's, you're, all of a sudden, you're that much better. Um, and then that was Gritar Paz. And then you have the current season, Apertura. 2022, they finished in ninth at 22 points. And this one, I feel that the top teams were just pretty much way above the other teams. Really couldn't re but at six points, I would have put them at sixth place because they just did 30. But I mean, if we see how many points they've been making, 22, 26, 22, 23, 26, they're, they're, they've been consistent at, at this point. And, and like we're thinking about, okay, so to get over the hump, it's like a two, maybe three game difference. So if they could do that, they're, they're at least they improve their position in La Tabla or, or get to that point where they're qualifying directly and not, not doing repechaje. And I know it seems, it seems poor because, you know, it's like, oh, Chivas, big club, they should be. But if we compare it to like the previous four seasons or the previous five, 
it's way better with it because the other seeds too is team finishing in 15th, 17th, 11th, uh, way more points than almost being at fourth place. So I do think there's been some progress here, but at least the team is able to stay at this level. And I, I feel they're closer to to getting over that hump than than being, you know, a, the kind of team that the media would let us to believe that it's like a disaster or what's going on or they don't know what they're doing. I mean, and, and then I'm just going to add really quick, when you see some of these bigger teams, um, the reality has to say that she was can't compete with those teams financially. So America, Monterrey, Tigres, Cruz Azul, they're just not going to have more money than them. So off the bat, these guys could just build. Not only can they build stronger squads, they could keep that stronger squad for longer, for a longer period of time. Because that's the other thing we have to keep in mind is that the longer you keep a player like Alexis Vegas, you have to increase his wages and whatnot. You know, they go to the national team or they're just a bigger name and sort of like that. So then um, you have that. And then you have these other teams that came up. The recent, you know, the recent success stories like Santos, Pachuca, León. And then you go at Atlas now. So pretty much Grupo Legend, the Grupo Pachucas, which they kind of have figured out. It's benefited them this whole, you know, increased limit in foreigners. And it's easier for them to, they could have a horrible season. And then the next season they bring four or five South Americans and it's like a whole new team. And Chivas just doesn't have that. So when we see Chivas struggling, well, that they kind of that's where it is. That right now it's like, one, they don't have the money to compete with those teams, and two, because of their you know policy, they it's hard for them to compete with these other guys. Hmm. For sure. I mean, I do feel like Chivas have been one or two. There was like a handful of matches this season that they blew, you know, uh, you know, up two zero against Querétaro, and 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 tying that match. You had Mazatlan kind of having a last minute goal to tie the game. I mean, there's been plenty of times where Chivas had the lead and blew it, and then you also you know calculate the beginning of the season where they just couldn't. They had a slow start, you know. Uh, they had some easy yeah. easy opponents in front of them that they couldn't win. And unfortunately, at the end of the season, that's the difference between ending in ninth and ending in the top four. It's it's really just taking advantage of of, of every match and and kind of not relying at the last minute effort to well, to get there. Well, well, you know, Jaime, like really quick, because because we say easy opponents, and, and I think that's sort of like we're, we're going back to the olden days where we're a team that sucked. They kind of like always sucked, but. But now it's that's not the case because you could, you know, uh, teams have taken advantage of that, being able to pick up X amount of foreigners and then you, they just become more competitive from one season to the next. They they could be stronger than than they were, um, and I think that's that's kind of where we see sometimes. Chivas was like, oh well, they they were supposed to run over this team, but this team just picked up, you know. Four or five other, you know, they booked up during the summer. It's not, you know, it's not the same. Uh, and so I think that's that's one of the things that happens too. And 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 you see Chivas where they're like stretched thin because 
they don't have a very like a lot of depth in the squad. So two, three injuries and, and this team suffering. Yeah, but Chivas doesn't have like the head on their shoulders as it's like uh Jorge Campos. He said it today about uh, Tata Martino. Uh he said um uh, that Tata Martino's being blamed for a lot of things, but a lot of these things go back ten, twenty, fifteen years, you know, as far as everything with uh the Liga Mekis just thinks more about money than the sporting yeah. aspect. And something that he said at the end was that uh, Selección, Liga Mekis, they think about tomorrow, the next game coming up, but they don't plan for the future. And I think that oh, yeah. that same thing applies to Chivas because I know it's like different worlds and everything, but uh, look at Real Madrid. Real Madrid said they couldn't compete with like the, the state teams like PSG, Man City. So what has Real Madrid done for the last five, seven years? They've gone out and like gotten young, promising players, uh, you know, like low key players. A lot of people didn't know who they were. Chivas could do the same thing. Okay, you can't go get foreigners, but you could go and like kind of like raid somebody's like academy or something for a promising player, pay that money or uh, look for a guy who may, might be 23, 26, but he'll fit into a system. But the thing is, they have nothing planned. All they care is about just getting tomorrow's result, and that's no, it. I I do think they have it planned because they they um one of the things they did was bring back Tapatio, which <clears throat> was their club that Angelica had sold. Uh, as part of the scam she was running with Jose Luis Higuera. They they sold that team, and then they they had it so that the Chivas youth would get sent to Colibris, which was owned by those two guys, and they would charge a fee. And it's kind of stupid, you know. If you you have your own team, and instead of using that to your advantage, where it's not just four or five players, but all thirty players, or however you could register from your club, so it was just dumb. But they brought back Tapatio, and that's that's been helping. And they they've been pretty like methodical with. They, they don't just go out and just buy any player. And they've gone seasons where they don't really bring no one in, and that's part they of have it. No money. Like, <clears throat> yeah, like, that's part. They bring no. in Ormeño, and like the other thing is. Well, I mean, he could work out. And Patio thing, they had to do it. Like you mentioned, they were paying for something they shouldn't have. So it sounds more like a money decision. But the fact all this changes in coaching, where you don't know if uh, Pelaz has is making a decision, or if it's somebody else, or if it's on Maori, it just looks like like a chicken running around with its head cut off. Like, all the decisions seem to be emotion-based instead of, you know, following a process. But I do think they have the process. I mean, we just went over the points. They haven't really deviated much. Uh, I do think they've been unlucky with some players where some of them just didn't want to come. Like, uh, yeah, they but tried like to get... the points, I mean, the points might be a positive to you, but for some of us, that's a negative. The fact that, you know, well, so be, many years between but, but 22 to the 26 points, it just shows how mediocre uh, the team is, that they're settling for that range but, as long as they can sneak into repechaje, let's call it a successful season. Well, no, but you have to start somewhere. So, I mean, I was mentioning it because it's a definite improvement to the previous five seasons. So, if you compare the previous five before Pelayas, there has been a big improvement in that aspect and and how to compete with these other ones you know it's it's a pretty uphill battle 
um, and the whole signing thing has become more difficult. Uh, MLS, you have to throw that into the mix where they could pay the players way more money. Like a Chicharito, what, like $6 million he's getting? The most Chivas has paid is like $2 million, uh, for like, I think it was Pulido. I think his wages, I think that's the highest they paid. So $6 million, that's what, you know? We're yeah, looking at it maybe one season like doesn't. Brandon Vasquez, who could have been a good fit. I'm not saying he would have, but Helaz goes on live TV and says that they wanted like $5 million for him or whatever, and that transfer market, uh, third party no, see, see, has you, value you, you missed. You, you missed. Or whatever. Yeah, but it wasn't, they weren't going off a transfer market. That was one of the reporters that, Helaz didn't say transfer market. He said, we went to the applications or something like that. And there is one that clubs use, like a Kelly's Blue Book. Uh, Football Manager 2022. I, I could send it to you, but but they, they do a pretty good breakdown. Uh, forgetting this guy's name, but he does the there's El Bar podcast, and he talks to the Chivas people, and he, he does the breakdown of what happened there. And it's, it's crazy because that one, the one they mentioned transfer market, and then everybody started saying it. And all of a sudden was like, you know, it became true all of a sudden. Um, then where was I? No, but but just going back to like, let's say the six million of Chicha, you do a contract. So you do a three, four year contract. So it's not, it's no longer six. It's six times three, six times four. Yeah. You know, so you're looking at upwards of 20 million just well, for one that player. was going back to my previous point that there, no one's saying go get Chicha, go get Carlos Vela. But like I was bringing up that Real Madrid point in the sense that you should be planning yeah. for the future. Uh, one of those futures is like uh, Pettis Bouquet. Uh, the man was balling well and then all of a sudden like disappears. And I still think that, you know, there should be a clear answer. Like Pelas will come out and give a million explanations. But he can't come out and give an explanation of why one of the most promising players on a team all of a sudden was not starting. He could clearly come out and say, you know, it's just a coach preference or is there something going on somewhere else? Because what teams have a guy that's promising comes out. There's a reason you move them up to Division One. He gives you results from the jump. And then all of a sudden he's mysteriously gone. And there's all these rumors. Now, where the, those rumors are true or not, that's what the sporting directors there are clear up. So, yeah, that's it's very suspicious. Well, yeah, well, they don't always have to. And it just seems that the young youth players that they do have available, they're not getting full use out of them. And they're looking for other options that make no sense. Like when I mentioned emotional decisions, JJ Macias, his replacement being Ormeño, that that was an emotional decision. They just wanted to bring someone in to calm the waters down. I don't think it was. I, I do think this is a guy that has done good in the league. And, and if you go down the list 12 of months before he arrived at Chivas, well, I mean, I mean, has the past. Yeah, Ormeño had yes, a terrible. Yes, when you're Chivas, you have to, man. We're talking about you lost Jota Jota Macias, who was a candidate to go to the World Cup. Okay, who, who do you have, though? One goal in the last 12 honestly, months. like... How is that not an emotional decision? Yeah, honestly, because, I would Because they never said he's, he's going to fill that void. Or, or, or you can't think that he, Elias, having been a striker and played at, at the highest level, that he has that, that thought that, oh, he's going to slide in and just start banging him in. It takes a while, when even when... Uh, 
Ormeño wasn't Carlos. the right. So, like, he wasn't the right choice, though, man. And it's like we can say that now. People were saying the same thing of Antuna. Now they're mad he got traded. When they brought him in, they were saying they paid too much. What a waste! And now they're saying, why did they sell this guy? He's World Cup bound now, and it's maybe the uh, the Puebla the Puebla version of Ormeño. Okay, you might have a, an argument there, but he went. Well, to, that's kind of what you're hoping for. You went to a Leon, you know? and, and he didn't do a freaking thing. And you have a player like Trophies who. We know what he's capable of, and instead of like eating your own that, words and and giving him another, Holland, I don't know. I just feel like that with the Holland coach did did I, I do feel that he he preferred his guy over over him because he had some RG guy over there and he sort of like sidelined him. Wait, who are you talking about? I think the coach in Leon was Holland, Holland, oh. the Argentine guy, and he he just. Preferred his guy over him, and they never he never really used them. Yeah, I just feel like at that point, it's just don't even bring anybody in because like what he exactly. What, yeah, it's just like it was just not a viable solution. Like it's it's a bit it's a bit like Moneyball. You're hoping that yeah, this guy will end up at least being able to bag four or five goals, and and because because we were talking about how Chivas is basically two games. They could win two extra games from what they were doing. They would have a season where they could finish top four, uh, and then so then that's kind of what you do is like you have this guy that he he could he should on an average season score about four goals, and if he has a good season, hit that double digits. Very similar when they brought in Rafa Marquez Lugo. You know. Yeah, that was a and, and he, he that was a gamble. He was Rafa Marquez Lugo to Ormeño. Rafa Marquez Lugo. <laughs> I'm saying how they arrived. In a very dark moment. <laughs> I'm saying how they arrived. He didn't he didn't exactly come in as as you know a star player or anything. He came in hoping he could do something and he he clicked. But that's that's what happens. It, it sometimes it takes you a while. I, I don't think we should expect players come in and. Not even a season. These are mid-season if we think about it. They're like half a season, um, you know, compared to playing the two teams. And and just oh, you suck off the bat because you couldn't you couldn't get with it within what less than six months. I, again, expectations, man. I think fans yeah, expectations are through the roof. Emergency signing. When you do an emergency signing, they that's not an emergency, dude. They he came so late into the season, they could have like not even brought him in at this point. They shouldn't have brought him in. That's the point. They shouldn't have not brought him in. It was better well, because just, you, you know what? Said, you know what's crazy? When like it was better to not do anything than to do something. That's how bad of a move it was. That's how bad of a signing that was. You brought in a guy who has scored one goal in twelve months, who plays for a national team that's not Mexico, who Oof. plays for a team that's supposedly like Mexican only players. On the club level, and well, you, uh, traditionally has Mexican-born players. Team. But it yeah. was Mexican-born players. The, the the original Chiwa document never said anything about. It just said you had to be born in Mex. That's it. it. They didn't say nothing about. Yes, it. but by bringing Ormeño, you had two options. One, he scores ten plus goals, uh, and makes everybody forget about it. Or if he does any less than that, it's going to be all negative talk, all negative drama. Oh, yeah, because the, like the, the media. I, the risk to reward was just not worth it. Yeah, exactly. No, but see, eventually Chivas has to do that. 
Chivas will eventually have to like or Mayo. You couldn't. They couldn't keep Tepa. They couldn't like somebody else. Well, something's going on. They're not gonna tell us. Um, but I see why they're doing it, and I, I could see maybe some U.S. seleccionado eventually oh, being there. We have a uh, Alejandro Vinigra. He's gonna be Chios' next signing. He he was born in Brazil, but his dad's Mexican. There you go. <laughs> I just I just put it in the uh, the well, transfer market. <laughs> No, it's like on the on your app. You can see you can like share tweets as you're podcasting. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, they kind of have to do. The, there's like not that many players for them. They and they has been for a long time. And you know, in the of the influx of foreigners, and we're seeing it with the selection too now. Where it's like there's not that many players to choose from. Yeah, but you know what I dislike about that? That it says, in case Alexis goes to Europe, why could you not do both? What do you mean? Because wages, part of it. I mean, we don't know the salary cap. The guy who plays in, like, I don't even know what team that is. I doubt his (laughs) wages would be extremely high. It's not like he's going to come in with, he's a 20-year-old player who has improved himself. I doubt he's going to come in, you know, with, top 10 team wages. Also, I feel like there's an incentive for Pumas, or not Pumas, Puma, the brand, to like pay some of the wages, kind of like they did with uh, Peralta, right? Did they, though? I don't, I don't know if Pumas is doing that. You feel like Pumas is like, hey, we need to sell jerseys. Let's, We'll help you out, you know? We'll help you out with the wages. <laughs> That, that's cutting into that's cutting into the earnings. I don't I don't think they. Yeah. I, the only the only way I see something like that happening is if they already have a player under their, like they're like the they're already representing a player. Like sponsored by them, yeah. Yeah, there you go. They already sponsoring the player, so then it would just make sense. For sure. Well, it's going to be a very interesting month. We're going to have a Liga Mekis champion. We're going to have the beginning of the of the World Cup soon. And we'll see what happens to Alexis Vega after that. I have a feeling he's on his way out after the World Cup, man. He's just too good. And he does have a clause to, to leave to Europe. And we do have that partnership with PSV, which I still have not seen any benefit to that relationship. <laughs> It really is. Um, sometimes I guess you could send over, you could send over like coaches to get trained, and sometimes clubs don't like doing that because then it's like you could come back and then leave. <laughs> For um, sure. So a lot of times they don't they don't even do that. I guess if you maybe say if I go, I'll, I'll like I'll guarantee the club five years, you know. If you guys want me, like, you, you have to stick around at least this much longer. Uh, sometimes they send players. Like, they'll send them for, like, kind of like, like camps, you know, like training camps. They'll go over there and like, stay yeah. a few months. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how that partnership ends up. Anyways, folks, um, 
yeah, looking forward to the repechaje matches this weekend. Looking forward to hopefully seeing some some upsets, some 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 good results. Uh, we'll see what happens with with Chivas. I have no expectations for them. And uh, and then we'll talk about Ligia next week. It's gonna be really weird having a, a champion before Las Posadas because I I always remember like the Apertura. We always have like the finals during like you know Posadas like in December, and that's that's not gonna be a thing this year. It's, it's a different times. Um, do you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode three fifty two? I had one, but I forgot. Pastor, what you got for us? I don't have much. It's just, you know, hopefully Chivas gets that win. And like you said, keeps the suffering, the pain going for another week longer. You know, it's that uh, window shopping and watching else, watching everybody else have fun, you know. Like the Squidward meme where you're watching Patrick and SpongeBob. <laughs> I want to be Squidward, man. I want to be outside having fun in Leguilla. So let's get that dub. I like it. Well, you said yeah, your memory escapes you. My memory? No, your memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. No, I, I mean, I think it's good that... um. The season, I'm, I'm, I'm going to coaches now because I think at the start there was maybe like two coaches, two Mexican coaches. Um, so it's kind of good that right now you have quite a few and, and they're doing pretty good. Um, so Piojo, obviously, and then um, Jimmy Lozano got Necaxa in. And they, I mentioned Potro Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to see more names now coming up because eventually – and we've talked about this, Jaime, how all the World Cup winners have always had a coach that is from from that same country. Exactly. And even if we look at Mexico, their biggest achievements have come under Mexican coaches. So I, I do feel that's one of the things we also need. You know, uh, there's more more Mexican coaches, more, you know, we're bound to have a, a gold coach sooner or later. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, kind of on a related topic, FIFA 23 came out. Again, no Liga Mekis, but I thought it was interesting in career mode. You can you can pick like a, an already an existing coach and start that way. So, yeah, you could be Javier Aguirre because he's the only Mexican coach in FIFA 23. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was cool. You can also be Ted Lasso from the show Ted Lasso, which is... And, that's, and this is the last... Uh, FIFA game or EA game, they will use the FIFA name. Correct. Yeah. After that, I think it'll be like EA FC or EA something. It's going to be a weird. Yeah. It's going to be interesting what happens. It sounds like FIFA already has an, uh, another developer they're going to be working with. So next year will be very interesting. Uh, the other thing, uh, we had some Champions League action between Mexicans. Uh, Chucky's Napoli beats Ajax 6 1 and Edson. Alvarez got a really bad. He got he got a lot of shit. You know he he ended the game with a two point nine rating. But um, it's very rare that you see Mexicans in Champions League nowadays. But it is nice to see two go at it, and uh, we'll see how Napoli does this season. Uh, just read a quick little article from a reliable source that Chivas is going to do their preseason in Spain. 
there you got a game uh with Athletic Bilbao lined up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That oh. should be fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for hopping on tonight and also everybody else that uh, joined earlier in the conversation. Abdias, Super Elbow, Pastor, Joel. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Um, we'll try to update you guys before next next week, maybe after one of the Ligia matches. We'll see how our schedule, uh, if we're available. But uh, just a quick recap on those matches. But uh, thank you guys, and we'll catch you in the next one.